Thank you. We're going to just talk about having courage tonight. Oh, God gave me this over the summer, and I don't know whether I was just too lazy to study it out or just, um, but I think tonight's the night. Tonight's the night for it. Um, in prayer, I don't know if it was this week or last week, when we came with Psalm 2 that God gave, it was Tuesday night when the three of us were here. It says in Psalm 2, it says, He that sits in the heaven, or let's, let's just go up. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord, against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. If you don't think God is in control, read that. Read that. So we want to have courage. In the upcoming weeks, you know, some of us are just waiting if only Tuesday would be over with. Well, Tuesday might bring a whole lot of a mess for us. Amen. It might. We're going to need courage, not only for this week, but for this month and for the year after that and the year after that. We need courage. We need courage. There's a practical reason why the Bible says so many times to fear not and have courage. Because human beings don't by nature have courage. If we did, God wouldn't be saying, how many times in the Bible, I heard it was at least 365 times, one, one for every day of the, the year. Life can be scary, but God encourages us that we can be bold. Be bold no matter what. Well, what does the dictionary say about courage? It's defined as the quality of being ready and willing to face negative situations involving danger or pain. A synonym to, is bravery. Showing courage is often thought of as facing situations without fear, but it also involves facing them despite fear. We need to face circumstances even if you're afraid, and I heard somebody minister this a long time ago, even if you're afraid, do it afraid. Just do it. Don't shrink back, because even God doesn't hold it against you if you're afraid. In other words, someone who has courage might not be fearless, but they may face dangerous, difficult, or frightening situations anyways. And it reminds me, we've got that little stray cat now. In addition to Princess, we now have another cat, and Paula's dog was out there, and she, he, Maddie's pretty formidable, she's a big German Shepherd, and she was standing out there, and my black cat saw the big dog, and I said, this, this isn't going to be good. <laughs> and the cat goes, and tries to make himself look as big as he can. He's a little eight pound, he's a long critter. He goes really like this, and I'm calling Clarence, and I said, where's Paula? <laughs> Is Paula there? <laughs> I need her to get the dog. And um, the, the cat, I think, would have had the better, gotten the better end of it. And I tried calling Paula's phone. I couldn't get a hold of Paula. Finally, I just looked at Maddie, and I said, Maddie, go home. And Maddie just looked at me, and I said, Maddie, go home. So Maddie just walked back and... Just kind of leisurely went back in the into the back of the back of the area, but I think my cat had courage because my cat wasn't going to get the the worst end of it. 
So we have to have courage. And I know that cat was afraid because he ran underneath. There was a truck there, and he ran underneath there. And it took a little while to coax him out. But he put on a good show. And sometimes we've got to put on a good show that we're brave. And we've got to stand up and make ourselves big. And make ourselves big in the spirit and have courage. It's easy to read the Bible and become a little judgy with people in the Bible and their decisions. You know, the Bible tells the story. They're real people, real emotions with real situations in the Bible. It's not a fairy tale. We can see that God is there all the time to encourage them. You know, we have it easy. We have the whole story. I heard a minister once Well, when I get up to heaven and I see Adam, I'm going to ask him what was his problem. Well, you know, dummy, if you were in that situation, you might have done the same thing that Adam did. So we can't be too critical of the children of Israel or anybody who's fallen in the Bible. Because that's not the story. The story is the redemption story. Because all have sinned, all have fallen. So we can't feel discouraged when we fall. We've got that's why God keeps encouraging us. You know, at the end of the story, we know the end of the story for the three Hebrew children. We know the end of the story with Daniel in the lion's den. We know that Queen Esther saved the Jews. We know that the children of Israel walked across the Red Sea. But can you imagine standing at the Red Sea? I mean, think about it. Can you imagine? Put yourself in their place. You've been slaves, and your ancestors have been slaves. They were slaves for 400 years. They didn't know freedom. And now they're standing at the Red Sea, and guess who's coming there is your slave master, your taskmaster. Don't tell me you wouldn't be just a little bit afraid. God God said to Moses, you know, stand still. And see, he had a plan. God had a plan. God wasn't going to leave them there. But, of course, the people, they're all, what are we going to do? What are we going to (laughs) do? We can't be like that. We have to learn something as we read the pages of the Bible to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. God is with us. When things get hard, God is with us. You know, I personally, I don't watch scary movies. I never could. But if I ever, even like something mildly suspenseful, if we're watching something, it's like, I can't take this anymore. So I have to Google it to make sure like the main character doesn't get killed or, because some of these movies, they end so darkly, you know, but I I would, I'll Google it and say, oh, okay, I guess it's okay because they didn't get killed or, you know, it it ends up okay. But I, I just can't sit there and watch a scary movie. And most of us have heard this statement, I read the back of the book and we win. Well, that brings great comfort to people like me who don't like suspense. I don't like things that I can't figure out. I don't like things that... I'm not a good candidate for a great faith walk because I don't like suspense. I don't like, some people are adventurous, and it's like, yeah, let's, let's just go forth and do it. I'm like, all right, let's just think about it a little bit, and then we'll, but we have to, we can't be like that. We have courage. We have to have faith. We have to believe that if God sends us to the Red Sea, that when we get there, it's going to part. 
You know, through every day, God is with us. God is for us. I'm hoping that this message tonight will encourage you to be brave and not to to shrink back. You know, a lot of us are worried about our, our children not being saved or our grandkids not being saved. I didn't get saved until I was 32. All right, so that ought to bring hope to somebody in this room. And I know some of you didn't get saved till you were older. Some of you got saved when you were little little kids. But I, I got saved. I was thick, thick-head, because it wasn't the first time I heard the gospel. I heard it periodically, but just ignored it. So, you know what? We need to understand where the battle is, is in our mind, where we think the worst all the time. Because we're getting bombarded with these thoughts all the time. So the battle is the Lord's. But the battle is, is in our minds. We have to cast down those vain imaginations and those things that the devil paints. In Hebrews 10.35 it says, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience. Oh my God, do we have need of patience? We want everything done right away. Everything. I mean, we're so microwavable. You know, if it doesn't happen right away, we're like, oh, you know, what's, what's going on? What's going on? The computer, the phone, you know, something isn't working the way it should. We need patience. That after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draws back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back into perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. The just shall live by faith. In other words, we know, we have faith that our outcome is going to be good. We know that, because it says in the book of Acts, to have an answer. You know, don't or don't have an answer. If you get in front of the magistrates, God's going to give you the words. Why don't we have the faith to go through the end times right this minute? We have enough faith for what we're doing right now. But as we get into this, as it gets closer to the return of Christ, as it gets harder and things get more evil, God's going to give us the more grace to get through it. We don't have it now because we're not there now. Like Clarence says, you don't have your ticket yet, but you'll get your ticket when you get to the train. Your ticket will be there. And we really have to not be afraid. Don't be afraid of what's coming up. Be excited because when it comes up, it means there's going to be a great revival just before the end. So we've got a great harvest coming. But the devil wants to distract you into getting into fear. You know, well, what are we going to do if... You know, the electricity goes off. What are we going to do if we don't have any food? What are we going to do if gasoline prices go up? I mean, all these things, and some of these things aren't really going to matter. Who would think one year ago that we would have such a strange year into 2020? I mean, I wouldn't have. This isn't the way I would have done it. But, you know, it just started bad, and it hopefully ends up better than it started. But we don't know. We just have to trust. God told Moses to send 12 men to spy out the land and come back with a report in Numbers 13. God told them ahead of time that the land would belong to them. Surely that was true. Surely God was right. Right? Do you think God was making it up? 
No, that land belonged to them. Oh, honey. We have to believe God with an all-out faith, no matter what it takes. Now I'm trying to. Okay, I see. I see what I did. I have it all on thing, and then I did. I made a correction, which made it worse. <laughs> the ten spies came back, and they reported only on the obstacles. They said, "Well, everything is good, just like said. Yep, yep, yep. But, but we're as grasshoppers in in their sight." We're like nothing. God called that an evil report. He said the land was theirs. He said they can have it. And yet the spies looked at the obstacles. How many times do we look at our own inadequacies as an indication of how God will work in our life? We look at what we can't do. And then we try to tell God why he can't bless us. You notice tonight I have these classy... I have sneakers on, okay. Minister, have sneakers on during that. But I'll tell you what, I had to finally, I got a, um, well, I'm not trying to be cute, but I got a, um, one of the gel pads for that heel. And Clarence will go, I wonder what's wrong with it, because you don't like to see your spouse in pain. I wonder what's wrong with it. And I said, I don't care what's wrong with it. said he's healing it. So I'm not investigating it, but it's sure that sure little bit is comfort, more comfortable. So just in case you say, well, I'm, I hope she's not going that modern way, and the next time she's going to wear ripped jeans when she ministers. <laughs> but I'm standing for this, and I'm going to have courage that this is going to go away in the name of Jesus. I don't care how it feels, because I'll tell you what, pain can be a real obstacle when you're dealing with something. It can be an obstacle, because you're thinking that the pain is defining whether God's going to do it or not. The pain doesn't define what God's going to do. So sometimes we get discouraged because it hurts so much. You know, I've got ice on it sometimes at night. It just hurts. But I'm believing God. I'm not letting the pain define it and say, I wonder if it's going to do it or not. God already said he was going to heal it. So I've got to stand in it, literally stand. And that's what sometimes our obstacles, we look at the obstacles like they're so much bigger than what God is. And this is what the the ten spies did. They looked at the obstacles. God told them they could have the land. And can you imagine how God felt when they came back and said that? It's like I told you, you could have it. It's like you, you tell your child they can have a cookie and they don't believe you when you know that you're, you're not telling the truth. We can't look at how much we lack. We have to look at how much God is. Sometimes you have to fight for what belongs to you. The battleground, our mind, our emotions, we have to take authority over. Stop looking at yourself and pull out, put your life totally in God's hands. Live or die, we're going to be his. Sometimes we fail to get what God promised because we look at the obstacles. We don't look at what God says. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. I mean, honestly... If 
the election goes the way we don't want it to go, we're still going to fight the good fight of faith. The election is not going to determine our level of faith. So we can't be dispirited. I happen to believe that we're going to get four more years of our president. But we're going to still have to fight the good fight of faith because the devil's not going to let loose of what he's already got and just say, oh, okay, well, you won. Okay, we'll see in four years. I don't see that happening. But we need to stand firm and we need to fight, fight for our nation, fight for our families. We need to fight, fight the good fight of faith. So anyways, after the spies did, Joshua, the son of Nun, in Numbers 14, 6 through 11, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, they tore their clothes, and they spake unto the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. But all the congregation bade, bade stone them with stones. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me? And how long will it be ere they believe me for all the signs which I have shown among them? The Lord was angry with them. He just preserved them through ten plagues, delivered them through the Red Sea, and kept them along the way. Moses interceded, and the Lord caused them to wander 40 years in the desert. We have to believe God with an all-out faith, no matter what it takes. Because if the children of Israel had said, we're going to stand and we're going to believe God, then they wouldn't have had to wander for 40 years. So they kind of pronounced a sentence on themselves. How often have we shrunk back and then it just delays the blessing because we shrunk back, we saw our circumstances and said, oh, this can never happen. Remember that man in Kings where the famine was and the captain of the host and he said, what do you mean bread is coming from heaven? You know, or, or no, if God would open up the windows of heaven, is there any way that there would be bread for all of us? And then Elijah said to him, this de- tomorrow you're not g- this is going to happen, there'll be bread, but you will not see it. And what happened? The, the ten lepers went into the Syrian camp because the Syrian camp heard something. They left, the lepers got the bread, and they brought it in, and the people trampled, and they trampled over the captain. I wouldn't have thought that that would have happened if that was me in that situation. Who would think that God would cause the Syrians to hear a noise, panic, and leave everything? Don't you know that God's got this under control in our country? He laughs them to derision. He's backing them into a corner. We can't wring our hands and get discouraged at what is happening. It says he sits there and laughs at them. Why do we need to be told to have courage? It's obvious because things can seem too difficult 
and too hard or bigger than what they are. Have courage. Don't shrink back. It's not time to shrink back. But before he died, listen to this in Deuteronomy 31, 1 through 7. Before he died, this is when Moses addressed the Israelites. And Moses went and spake these words unto all Israel. And he said unto them, I am 120 years old this day. I can no more go out and come in. Also the Lord has said unto me, Thou shalt not go over the Jordan. The Lord thy God, he will go over before thee. And he will destroy these nations from before thee, and thou shalt possess them. And Joshua, he shall go over before thee, as the king has said. And the Lord shall do unto them as he did unto Sihon and to Og, kings of the Amorites, and unto the land of them whom he destroyed. And the Lord shall give them up before your face, that you may do unto them according unto all the commandments which I have commanded you. Be strong and of a good courage, fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, it is he that does go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and be of good courage. Faith assembly, be strong and be of good courage. For thou must go with with this people unto the land which the Lord has sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. So then, this was in Deuteronomy, now we go to Joshua, when the Israelites were finally ready to go over. In Joshua 3, 1 through 9, Every place the sole of your foot shall tread upon, unto thee I have given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, even to the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and into the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not be any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I shall be with you. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Now this next passage, from 6 to 9, God told them three times, be strong and courageous. Three times. They had to hear it. See, we have to hear it. Be strong, be courageous. The more you hear it, the stronger you feel, the more courageous you get. So, verse 6. Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Verse 7. Only thou be strong and very courageous, that thou may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not... From it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goes. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee wherever you go. Have courage. Be strong. Don't shrink back. I was talking to a lady this morning, and she said, I feel so bad. I, don't, I can't do anything. I said, well, can you pray? And she said, I pray all the time. And I said, well, you're doing more than what you think. 
Have courage. Be strong. If you can open your mouth, pray. Your body may not be able to do what it could do 10 years ago or 20 years ago, but you can open your mouth and you can pray. God gives us so much wisdom as you get older that you know how to pray better now than when you were younger, just because by mere fact of just learning as you go along. Some battles are very hard and uncomfortable and unreasonably trying to our souls. It's easy to look at the obstacles and quit. It's easy to look away from God and look at what we can see. God knows it's easy for us to become afraid, but we have to trust that God knows how to fight for us and that he's willing to fight for us. We just have to have faith that he is going to come through for us in every situation. Evidently, other nations heard of what God did for the Israelites. In Joshua 2, 9-11, through 11, Rahab told the scouts, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the terror and dread of you has fallen on us and that all the inhabitants of the land have melted in despair because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the waters of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan on the east, to Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. When we heard it, our hearts melted in despair, and a fighting spirit no longer remained in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven, above and on earth below, or beneath. So they heard. Do you think... That the devil's crowd can see miracles. They were just, they wanted Donald Trump to die when he had COVID. And they just, you could just see them gnashing their teeth and stuff because he came a week later and he goes, I'm healed. I mean, that drives the, the devil nuts. They've heard, just like when Rahab said, we heard of what your God can do. What do you think in the last of the last days is going to happen? Because out of this, we got Rahab in the family line for Christ. Why? Because she heard of what the God can do. Their courage melted. See, somebody's going to have courage. Somebody's going to have bravery. One side is going to be braver than the other. Our side should be the bravest of the brave. Our God put this in motion. These other people, they're they're grifters. They don't belong here. God gave the planet to us. He gave us this world. He gave it for his children. Faced with an invasion from Assyria, Hezekiah in 2 Chronicles 32 took action to stop up the wells and prepare weapons instead of just surrendering to an army that was obviously better than he was. What do we do sometimes in our battles? Sometimes we give up because the odds look too... Oh, it's just too much for us. Everything is too much for us. Do you know getting up in the morning is actually too much for us? Well, we have God's help. We need God's help. But when we start saying, oh, it's too much for us, then that's when we are weak, he is strong. But sometimes we just want to quit because we can't do it. You know, we're so, 
I don't know the word, prideful maybe, righteous, self-righteous, that we think we got to do everything. We have to depend on God. Put your trust in God. Trust in the Lord. He knew we were weak. He, he made us. He knows what our shortcomings are. And he's more than willing to help us. So we have to stay encouraged and not discouraged. But look at this. I want to read that to you in Second Chronicles. After these things and the establishment thereof, Sennacherib, whatever his name is, king of Assyria, came and entered into Judah and encamped around the fenced cities and thought to win them for himself. Well, he must have been something else, right? And when Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib, or however you pronounce his name, Cain, and he was purposed to fight against Jerusalem, he took counsel with his princes and his mighty men to stop the waters of the fountains which were without the city, and they did help him. So there was gathered much people together who stopped all the fountains and the brook that ran through the midst of the land, saying, Why should the kings of Assyria come and find much water? Also he strengthened himself and built up the wall that was broken and raised it to the towers and another wall without and repaired Milo in the city of David and made darts and shields in abundance. And he set captains of war over the people and gathered them together to him in the street of the city of the gate and spake comfortably unto them saying, and here we are again, be strong and courageous. Be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria nor for the multitude that is with him, for there be more with us than with him. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. There's more with us than there are with them. I don't care if you're by yourself. And, and there's an army that comes against you. There's more with you than there are with them. God will fight your battles. You don't have to feel in despair. And here we are in just Jehoshaphat where he, was, where he was getting attacked. Can you see a theme here? We're no different in 2020 than they were back then. We're still fighting the battles that they fought back then. Why do you think in the Old Testament there were so many battles and so many things? And it was always the same. Be strong and be of good courage. Never once did God say, give up and go home. Not once did he say, give up and go home. The only time they, they got whooped was when they disobeyed God and they thought they knew it all and they went out and then that wasn't good. God just let them get whooped. But Jehoshaphat said in Second Chronicles 20.15, And he said, Hearken ye all Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus said the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. Romans 8.31 8, and 37. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. 
Yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God loves you. You think about your children. Don't you love your children? Wouldn't you do anything for them? You wouldn't just sit there and watch them. If they were being overtaken by an army, what would you do? You would do everything humanly possible to protect your child or your grandchild or whoever that you loved. Isn't God better than us? God is better than us. God will protect us. We don't need to be afraid. Don't be afraid of the end times. Don't be sitting there waiting for the rapture to come so we can get off of this planet. We have work to do. We have things to do. If we didn't have things to do, we wouldn't be here. Because there would be no point to us existing. We have things to do. Don't be afraid of the end times. Don't be afraid of what's going to happen we can't be afraid. It's, not a, it's, it's a luxury to be afraid. It's a luxury when you feel sorry for yourself. It's a luxury when you want to pull in and hide. Isaiah 41, 10, 13 says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Behold, all that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing, and they that strive with thee shall perish. Thou shalt seek them, and thou shalt not find them. Even them that contended with thee, they that war against thee shall be as nothing, and a thing of naught. For I, the Lord, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. God is going to help us. God is going to show us what to do. God is going to protect us. You know, something small, just the goodness of God. We went to Walmart yesterday and kind of, you know how when you're trying to get out of the house, it just, sometimes it doesn't happen the way you want it to happen. You know, you're like your spouse is ready and don't, don't take this personal. Your, your spouse is ready to go and then you're like lagging 10 minutes behind and, so anyways, we get to Walmart, and I look. I got a ding on my phone, so I looked, it was Melba. And I thought, oh, well, that's nice to hear from her. She goes, do you have any um, extra plastic bags? By the way, save your plastic bags for Melba, because she's making mats for the homeless. So I said, well, yeah, we'll save it, and I'll make an announcement for that. And also save your T-shirts. Please bring your T-shirts in so we can be making jump ropes. So I said, yeah, we can save your plastic. We'll save plastic bags. I'll make an announcement at church. And I said, but I can't talk to you right now. I have to go. I'm at Walmart. I'm just, we just pulled in. So we walk into Walmart. As we're walking in, the guy is emptying all that. You know how they have the bag recycling there? 
And I'm looking at all these plastic bags, and I said, excuse me, what are you going to do with these? I'm sure they get same, just strange requests all the time. And he goes, well, he goes, we're going to recycle them. Do you want them? And I said, well, yes, actually, I do. So he gave me all these. I, I had a trunk full of plastic bags, so I texted Melba really quick, and I said, do you want these bags? We've got them. We'll drop them off. So we ended up dropping them off after we went to Walmart. But see, sometimes the timing of everything, like if she had texted me after that, I would have already been in the door. The guy would have already been gone. So we have to trust that things happen in a, in a reasonable sequence to put us where we need to be at that specific time. Now that's just kind of a, a, a one example. And I know that you've got thousands of stories just like that where you didn't get out of the door when you wanted to go and... You know, thank God you didn't because there was an accident up the street. And if you'd gotten when you wanted to go, you know, but God is able to direct our steps and direct our paths. Well, if he can do something like that, don't you think he can protect us? Don't you think he can heal us? Don't you think that he can do what is needed to be done for us? I mean, he is awesome. And sometimes we get discouraged because we're always looking at that obstacle. We're always looking at, well, I wonder why it hasn't happened yet. Well, I don't know. Quite frankly, I would love this heel to be fixed. I would love this cataract to be gone. I would love a few other things to, to be in order. But I'm just pressing through, as, as I know that all of you are. I can't stop and try to figure it out. I don't know why things happen the way they do. But I can trust God because I know that he knows why things happen. It says in 1 Corinthians 16, 13, and 14, Be alert and on guard. Stand firm in your faith, your conviction respecting man's relationship to God and divine things, keeping the trust and holy fervor born of faith and a part of it. Act like men and be courageous. Grow in strength. Let everything you do be done in love. True love to God and man is inspired by God's love in us. And this I just loved. Psalm 31, 16 through 24. Let your face shine upon your servant. Save me for your mercy's sake and in your loving kindness. Let me not be put to shame, O Lord, or disappointed, for I am calling upon you. Let the wicked be put to shame. Let them be silenced in Sheol, the place of the dead. Let the lying lips be silenced. Boy, is that ever a prayer, huh? Let the lying lips be silenced, which speak insolently against the consistently righteous with pride and contempt. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear, revere, and worship you. Goodness which God has wrought for those who trust and take refuge, refuge in you before the sons of men. In the secret place of your presence, you hide them from the plots of men. You keep them secretly in your pavilion from the strife of tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for he has shown me his marvelous loving favor when I was beset in a besieged city. As for me, I said in my haste and alarm, I am cut off from before your eyes. But you have heard the voice of my supplications when I cried to you for aid. 
Oh, love the Lord, all you saints. The Lord preserves the faithful and plentiful, plentifully pays, him, pays back him who deals haughtily. Be strong and let your heart take courage. All you who wait for and hope for and expect the Lord. So I like that where it says, Oh, love the Lord, all you saints. The Lord preserves the faithful and plentifully pays back him who deals haughtily. God is going to pay them back. I don't know how. There again, it's probably not the way I would do it. Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for and hope for and expect the Lord. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what, shall, what man shall do unto me. The Lord is my helper. The Amplified Bible says in, in verse 5, it says, He, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor let you down. I will not relax my hold on you, assuredly not. Ephesians 6.10, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord, be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength from him, that strength which his boundless might provides. God's not going to let any one of us go. Have courage, stay strong, be brave in these next couple of days, in this next month, in the next year. Be brave. Because God will use you, God will work through you, God will do exploits through you. It's not time to shrink back. I don't care how old you are. What difference does age make? A day is as a thousand in the courts of the Lord. Amen? I mean, what difference? Age, really, who says that age makes a difference? I mean, Moses, we read that in the beginning. Moses says, I'm now 120 years old. So, And God was using him mighty. So let's all be brave. Let's have courage. You know, don't buy into this senior citizen, you know, we, we're going to relax and take it easy. It's not time. Yeah, the body doesn't work the way it used to work. But don't relax. Have courage. Be strong. Be brave. Stand in the gap for this next generation. Stand up and say, no, not my family, not my church, not my town, not my state, and not my country. Stand firm. Be encouraged. Don't lose sight of the fact that God is going to vindicate all of us. And it's not going to be, you know, some people can't wait to be raptured to get out of here. It may not happen the way we think. We're, we might be in here a whole lot longer than what we were hopefully wanting to go out before all the bad stuff happens. We're going to be here for some bad stuff, folks. So what's it say? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Read the word. Get strong in the Lord. I'm going to... 
make copies for these scriptures so you can have them to go over them because it's it's really I felt that this was really important to be strong, have courage. Don't lose your courage. You know, if it gets too hard for you, shut the news off and shut yourself up with God. Don't get so consumed with what's going on that you lose focus because they're showing you obstacles. I mean, we all read the stories. I was reading a story before church and I thought, well, this can't be. You know, it's like they've got a plan in case Trump doesn't. You know, they're going to they're gonna have a coup because Trump, you know, and if he doesn't give in and all, all this foolishness. And all I come back to is that God, la- God laughs and has them in derision. So we need to shut that stuff off if it's starting to scare you. Because the whole thing is to scare you. God has given us dominion on this earth. Now... The times, and, and I, I, my husband says it all the time, there's some things that we can't stop. Because prophetically it's time for some things. But God will give us the grace and the courage and the bravery to make it through. And then when it's done, he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. So don't shrink back. Have courage, have faith. Amen. I hope this helps somebody tonight. And I just want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, I am thanking you for everyone within the sound of my voice and on Facebook Live. Father, we declare we have courage. We're not going to shrink back. Father, we're going to be brave even though sometimes our mind tells us to run and hide and not be brave. Father, we're thanking you for the fulfillment. We thank you for the healings. Father, that that we're all believing for in our bodies and in our minds. Everything is lining up according to the word of God. Father, you're a good God. We love you, Lord. We love you. Father, we love you with all of our heart. And we just want to say we trust you tonight. Father, that whatever happens, however things go, Father, we trust you. We put our hope in you. And we're going to stay strong and we're going to have courage. Father, we're going to have courage. Father, we put those loved ones in your hands. Father, we put them in, our, in your hands. Father, we're not going to look at obstacles. We're, we're not going to look at their behavior. We're not going to look at anything. But Father, we are thanking you. We are just thanking you that you love them more. Because, Father, your son died on the cross for them. And we hold up the blood of Jesus for every unsaved family member. And we declare that the blood that Jesus shed for these unsaved family members will not be in vain. But they will, it, the blood will accomplish what Jesus set out to do 2,000 years ago. And they shall be saved. They shall be saved. And Father, that we minister right now to anybody who's in fear over their loved ones who have been tormented, a tormenting fear. Father, we speak to that and we put the blood of Jesus over every mind-binding spirit that would come to, to just show, to paint a picture of their damnation. And we are saying no in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We are claiming every single husband, every single wife, father, every single son, daughter, 
granddaughter, grandson, great-granddaughter, great-grandson, father, uncle, cousin, nephew, niece, father, every family member that is connected to us in this church, we are claiming them for the cause of Christ. Oh, yes, Jesus. And, Father, we're not going to shrink back, and we're not going to be getting in despair, but, Father God, we're getting into the blessing and we're getting into that assurance that you have, you will do what you said that you would do. You said, I will save your children. Yes. I will save your family. Yes. Father, we thank you that by the stripes of Jesus we are healed. Yes. Father, for all of us that are dealing with, with age-related things in our bodies, we're thanking you. Lord, we're not thank giving you. up. Thank you, Lord. We are not giving up because your word is truth. Your word says that by the stripes of Jesus we are healed. And we're not giving up, Father. We're not giving in, but we're pressing forward. And we are putting the enemy on notice that he is still defeated in our lives. That we're not looking at the obstacles. We're not saying that we're as grasshoppers. But, Father, we are saying we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. And, Father God, we thank you that we can do all things through Christ. We can do all things through Christ. And we're telling our bodies to line up with that covenant. We are telling our minds to line up. Father, every thought that would despair, every thought that would fear, we just take authority over it now. And, Lord, we're just thanking you. We just thank you, Lord. We just thank you. Thank you, Jesus. We just thank you. Father, for those that have been having trouble sleeping, Father, we thank you. We say your sleep shall be sweet tonight in the name of Jesus. (coughs) In the name of Jesus, you will have sweet sleep. We take authority over all stress and anxiety and worry. Father, where spouses are worried about their, their other spouse, Lord, we just take authority in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, we put everything in your hand. Everything in your hand. And we're just, we're moving forward, Lord. We're moving forward. We're going to move forward. Just like Moses was at that Red Sea. And you said, why just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord? Well, Lord, we're going to stand still. We're going to stand for our family. We're going to stand for our community. And we're going to stand for our nation. Lord, we're not going down without a fight. We declare it. We're not going down without a fight. Thank you, Lord. And we're not backing up. We're not giving in. Lord, we're just going forward in the name of Jesus, we pray. And if you're in agreement, say amen. 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 Praise God. Give the Lord a hand for the word. Amen. Praise God. You know, the mind is a a battlefield. Our mind is a battlefield. That that's where that's where all the stru- it's all up here, Sister Francis. <laughs> I mean, the devil magnifies; he he makes us think. But you know, tonight, as she was ministering that word, and we just need to bring everything to the altar to the Lord. I mean, all of our doubts, fears, unbelief, anxieties. And, and, you know, I want to do something in a, uh, uh, a fashion of, uh, of a faith action on your part. 
And I'd like for us to just, if we can, I'm not going to force you to, but if you're able to, I'd like to just, if you could just come up and just stand right here by these altars and bring your burdens. <laughs> bring those things that have bowed you down. And, and it, it could be some of the things that she mentioned tonight. Sometimes it could be like our children, our grandchildren, and our relatives and family. And it could be other things that is there. But we just need to come and just place them on the altar. Uh, to, you know, just place it on the altar. And as we do this song tonight, I, I, I want us just to do that in faith, if you can do it. And if you can't, if you can't stand there, you can just sit there on the front row or sit on the altar and, and do it that way. But let's do it. Well, leave it there. Or leave it there. Take your burden to the Lord. And leave it there. Let's just bring it to the altar. Just leave it to the Lord. If you trust and never doubt, He will surely bring you out. Take your burdens to the Lord. Leave them there. Oh, leave it there. Leave it there. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. If you trust and never doubt, He will surely bring you out. Take your burden to the Lord. How many here has somebody that it seems like in the natural... And if we look at the natural, we get discouraged. But in the natural, it looks like they're not hearing God and not yielding to the Lord. But tonight, you know what we're going to do? We're going to leave that burden at the altar tonight and let God move on that individual. There, there was a minister friend of ours, a lady preacher and her husband, had a son in Florida that... Seemed like every time they turned around, he was in trouble, <laughs> you know. And they'd pray, and he'd he'd do better for just about a week, and then he'd get back in trouble. But she'd always go and bail him out. And when I say bail out, you know what I mean, just whatever he needed, uh, just to get him out of the trouble. But you know, one time it, it happened again. <laughs> she got the call. And she called calling on the Lord. The Lord said, look, I told you, just leave him in my hands. Every time I'm working and things go wrong, you go down there and help him out. And if you'll let me just do my thing, he'll come to the Lord. <laughs> and you know, it wasn't long until he came to the Lord, got things right, and began ministering for the Lord like God had called him to do in the first place. Amen. But you know what? What? It's hard. It's hard for us to just leave things at the altar. We want to pick it back up again. But just leave it there. Tonight I want us just to, in a symbolic way, cast all your care upon the Lord because He cares for you. 
And I want us tonight just take that thing out of our heart, that, that out of our mind, whatever it is. And let's just cast it up on the altar. Just cast it up on the Lord. Can we do that in faith tonight together? Lord, we're just going to take it out. Just do it. But just go through the motion. Just get it out of your heart, out of your mind, and throw it on the altar. Praise God. Amen. Just let it go. Just let it go. Hallelujah. Well, leave it there. Leave it there. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. If you trust and never doubt, He will surely bring you out. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. And when the devil comes at you tonight and says, Now, what did you do? Why did you do that? Wasn't that foolish? You don't see the change, and you, you can't see the visible change, and the devil says, see, it didn't work. And we just say, devil, you're a liar, and I've left it there. <laughs> I've left it there. I've taken my burden to the Lord. I've left it there. And I'm going to trust and never doubt. Because I know He's going to bring me out. I've taken my burden to the Lord. Left it there. Let's do it one more time. Just leave it there tonight. Left it there. Left it there. I've taken my burden to the Lord. I've left it there. If I trust and never doubt, I know He's going to bring me out. I've taken my burden to the Lord and leave it there. Well, lift your hand and just thank God tonight. Whatever you have left at the altar, start looking for the changes. Hallelujah. Start looking for the changes. Start looking for the little things. Start looking for the little things. Praise God. Just look for the little things. <laughs> my wife reminded me of a, a, a situation that happened in my early, early ministry. I was in a church, first church I ever pastored. And there was a couple there that had a little boy that uh, he, he wasn't able to, no coordination in his body. Um, I, I guess it was similar to, to considered uh, MS or something like that, connected to it somehow. And, you know, we just talked for about three weeks on faith, just three, three weeks on faith. I didn't, I mean, I knew he had a problem, but we didn't know the, the severity of it. But one night she brought him to the altar. <laughs> and she said, Pastor, she said, we need a miracle. And I believe nothing's impossible with God. And she said, I want to believe that my son... Is going to be normal. He's going to walk. He's going to kick a football, soccer ball, whatever. He's going to be able to do these things as a normal child shall do. And we prayed for him that night. And you know, there was no electricity, no lightning to strike, or nothing happened visibly. But God spoke to my heart, and I said, Now look, God spoke this to me. And I don't want you to look at the situation as it is. But I want you to start looking for the little things. 
Look for the little changes. Just the little changes. And you know, one night she came and she said, well, she said, you know, he's able to do something with his hand and, and hold something a little longer than what he used to. I said, well, praise God. I said, you just praise God for that. And it just went on. Then one night she came in and they were so excited. They couldn't even wait till church got started. They came up and said, we got to testify. <laughs> they said, my son went to school today. He was like in kindergarten and went to school. And she said he kicked a soccer ball for the first time today. He had no coordination. And you know what? It got better and better and better and better. And I said that tonight to tell all of us, just look for the little changes. Look for the little changes in that person or that one that you've laid on the altar tonight. Look for the little things that God's doing in their heart and life because God doesn't fail. Amen. Because I've left it there. Left it there. Taking my burden to the Lord and I've left it there. If I trust and never doubt, I know God's going to bring me out. I've taken my burden to the Lord and left it there. Well, hallelujah. I want us to just do a how Some of us had not got noisy yet. <laughs> Let's do a, a, a big hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, hey, you know, the devil gets noisy out there. Why can't God's people get a little noisy? And just praise God. Amen. <laughs> well, God bless you. Tuesday, we're going to be open from 9 to 5 all day for prayer. Just come and go. I mean, you know, just come and pray 10 minutes, an hour, two hours. If you want to pray all day, you can. Amen. But we're going to just see God move. Amen. God bless you. See you all then.